Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, I'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you, assuming you're a settler, if you're not a settler, you're good, don't worry about it, but I want to encourage you, if you are, to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land that you live on, and with the indigenous communities of that area. Uh, today's episode, of course, comes out on Halloween. Ooh, spooky, scary food show. If you're, you know, getting dressed up, partying tonight, if you're going to a Halloween party, enjoying in the fall festivities with your fellow freaks, make sure your costume's not racist, I guess, is, is where I'm going with this. That's one way to uh, to be thinking about, you know, your place in the world and your position in the society in which you live is uh, if your costume is someone else's culture. Don't wear it. Find a different costume. If uh, if your costume could be offensive to somebody, don't wear it. Find a different costume. If your costume is a beloved TV character, but it's kind of overdone, that's okay. You can wear that. <laughs> that's it. That's that's what I got for you about Halloween. We're talking today all about Halloween candy, sweets in general, uh, and our favorite things that make us go, ooh, give me, a, give me a treat in my bag today, neighbor. And who better to be my neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor than Mr. Columbus himself, the one, the only, Matt Cole. Wow, you got the whole way around to Mr. Rogers by the end of that intro. <sighs> hey, it's me. I'm Matt Cole, and I'm here to talk about Halloween candy. Also, I work in the Halloween industry, and I've been really busy, and my voice is shot, so... If I sound like I'm gargling gravel, I'm sorry, dear listeners of No Bad Food. Today you will have to believe that not only is there no bad food, there is also no bad audio. Yeah. Just good audio for your ears. That's it. That's it. Look, I mean, let's be real. We're all going to feel like crap tomorrow because we're all going to party today and we're all going to either eat candy or drink alcohol depending on whether or not we're sober. And uh, you know what? That's fine. You're going to feel bad tomorrow, so enjoy us feeling a little bad today. There you go. I mean, there's, there, there is no bad food, but there's plenty of bad feels. Yeah, solidarity, I guess. Matt, you host a podcast called Debate This. I sure do, Tom. You want to give the folks at home a little info about what you guys do on the pod? Yeah. So, hey, <laughs> hi, everybody. Hello. It's a pleasure to meet you. If you haven't met me here before, I frequent this club. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I'm one of the co-hosts of a podcast called Debate This. We're a comic book and video game podcast asking the questions in both comic books and video games that nobody is asking like what color Yoshi is the best or what candy crush candy would be the tastiest in real life which is pertinent to today's episode don't ask me what the answer to that question was I don't remember you saw the look in my eyes I knew it I knew it was coming yeah this is a fun little behind the scenes for listeners. Uh, those of you who've been following me for a long time know that uh, our our house's internet connection has been bad because the studio is at one end of the house and the modem is at the other. Uh, no longer. 
because after a bit of a kerfuffle with our internet provider last weekend, they gave us better internet and put it in the studio instead of the living room. So now my phone has trouble playing games in the living room, but I can record podcasts with no interruption. (laughs) Truly the duality of humankind. I'm not happy, really. They could have put it in the dining room, the central room of the house. And instead, we just have the opposite problem. But that's neither here nor there, a phrase that I have used before and will use again. Matt, let's talk about candy. Okay, so normally on this show, we take a minute at the top of the show to have a guest tell us about themselves, about their relationship to food, and so on and so forth. Uh, We've already teased it a little bit. You work in a haunted house. I do. Do haunted houses also include candy, or is it kind of a separate thing? Uh, actually, yes. Haunted houses include a lot of candy. Okay. Um, there is a lot of candy in every haunted house you've ever been in. And I mean, this isn't a joke. It's not a bit. So there there are some specific candies that are just, oh, man, they're, they're haunted house classics. And they are the things that actors suckle at the teat of to try and keep our throats moist enough to yell at you. It's not really a candy, but Hall's Honey Lemon Cough Drops are my flavor of October. Um, but also Lifesaver Mints okay, are sure. pretty big up there. Uh, Werther's Originals, mm-hmm, big mm-hmm. in the haunted house scene. Um, kind of anything, anything that makes yeah. you drool a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. anything that, that slicks your insides. I don't like that. Yeah, you heard me. There are some other things, some other candies that are common props chunky peanut butter not a candy common prop hmm. however you you throw some like crushed up snickers or kit kats in that crunchy peanut butter and it makes the fake poop you're eating taste a lot better so oh, okay. yeah that kind of prop i see all mm-hmm. right yep. how do you yeah. how do you i guess is it just because it's dark that that they don't notice that it's like several shades lighter than poop like peanut butter is well, not poop colored usually crunchy peanut butter i mean so like haunted houses certainly thrive on the uh same like theater of the mind that that movies or audio dramas or whatever thrive in it's that suspension of disbelief right Right. and the whole idea of the immersion of a haunted house is to kind of get you to this point where you're no longer aware the things around you aren't real okay so Most of the blood that you see in haunted houses is pretty far off blood color, but it, you know, in the vibe, in the moment. And yeah, definitely with some of the lighting, it changes that. Sure. Um, I used to work with a guy who stood in a pretty well lit fake bathroom scene and he just had a plunger that every night he would just like put a whole jar of chunky peanut butter in and he would just walk around and lick that plunger all night long and um yeah it looks pretty gross um there's nobody's walking around with paint swatches being like that's sir i pooped (laughs) today and that's not dark enough um it's it's not really that kind of energy you know like (laughs) that's its own kind of haunted house honestly Somebody walking around with paint swatches saying, yeah. hey, listen, I've pooped recently and I have bad news. <laughs> doctor, doctor, <laughs> I need you to take a look at this swatch and tell me if I should be concerned. My voice is so shot. Okay, so an extra peek <laughs> behind the layers of curtains. Um, 
this weekend, so we are to date this episode, we're recording about a week before Halloween. The weekend before <laughs> Halloween is commonly known as Hell Weekend around the haunted house industry. It's always the busiest weekend. <laughs> um, so I worked four days in a row, Thursday to Sunday, oh. and my voice, like my throat feels like it's made of clay. Right. Um, and every, every sound is a miracle. But back to candy. <laughs> yeah, things you can suck on, great, love them. Things that look like poop, also great, love them, I guess. Sure. And then I did work at a haunted house for a while that we would do family days on Sunday. So the haunt opened at 7, but from 6 to 7, we would do lights on tours for families. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and we wouldn't, they, you know, in the whole haunt that typically had, like, anywhere from 30 to 70 actors, we would maybe have, like, three or four and they would be in dark cloaks and they would have like trick-or-treat buckets with candy so kids could walk around and like see the spooky things but nobody would jump out at them and the lights were on and and they got candy along the way so those are all the ways i can tie candy to haunted houses that's good it's it's less uh it's a less like intense way to to do it i like that yeah right it's um there are certainly weird questions about accessibility in the haunted house industry. Sure. And uh, I think that haunted houses don't always do a great job of getting people into the fun of going to haunted houses, right? Like they, mm. they come off a little too extreme too quickly and um, things that make it a little bit more approachable and less traumatic for kids are are great. I used to really enjoy doing those lights on tours um, just because it was, you know, it's fun to see kids like see an animatronic that's really scary, but see it with the lights on and and be able like to show a kid like, oh no, like that looks really scary. But if you stand here, you can see the big metal arm that it like lives <laughs> on. You know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's cool. It it gives them a chance to like investigated almost right to to see the scary stuff in a completely safe way so that they can then decide like do i want to come back and actually experience this you know and shit my pants or whatever uh or do i want to just like take this tour get my candy and like i don't know go to spirit halloween instead yeah exactly you know there's like every year some kid comes through a haunted house and they've got a mom or a dad who is dragging them by the wrist saying like come on you can do it be brave for these tickets yeah exactly suck it up it's all fake or whatever and um it's common courtesy in the haunted house industry amongst actors that like we're not here to terrorize people sure right like we're here to scare you for fun but it does hit a level of like that kid's going to be in therapy because of me. And that's right. not fun. Yeah. Um, so not every haunted house is like that. There are certainly people out there who are terrible, but every year there's some kid who gets drugged through a haunted house. And I, I always think about those kids. I'm like, man, Halloween is never going to be fun for you again. Yeah. You know, like trick or treating isn't going to be fun. Halloween season and movies and all that's not going to be fun. Like, you are never going to get to experience horror as a genre because someone is quite literally like traumatizing and abusing you 
in this moment um and it sucks yeah. so i i do really like those those ways to introduce people to the horror genre uh and the horror world without causing lasting damage yeah yeah exactly it, it is uh it, it's the shallow end of the pool for horror yeah uh, yeah absolutely apologies listeners for the haunted house sounds going on in the background on my audio track right now apparently the uh tree branch removing people are just like straight up outside my studio window right now dealing with some branches so spooky season <laughs> hey <Ooh>. <laughs> matt before we before we move on from haunted houses to talk a little bit more about halloween candy specifically uh, i want to play a little game for you called 50 shades of brown oh boy okay now uh having just spent a bit of time talking about you know the different kinds of props that can look like poop in a haunted house i thought it would be fun to see if i can test your knowledge and your eye for colors uh so you know don't don't peek you know don't google these colors so that you can look at them while i'm saying them you know honor code here uh but i am watching the reflection of your laptop screen and your glasses so i'll know if you cheat all right the uh the way this will work is i'm going to give you three colors okay three shades of brown as it were not up to 50 uh and i'm gonna have you tell me which one like what order to put them in from lightest to darkest okay cool i got it all right so your three colors for this first round are tortilla cedar and cinnamon okay tortilla is lightest for sure and i'm trying to remember if people usually think of cedar as like a dark wood or more of a red wood just because i don't think you gave it to me in order i'll go tortilla cinnamon cedar lightest to darkest so i'm a little torn on this one but i think i'm gonna give it to you uh because okay. cinnamon, cinnamon and cedar are i would say similar levels of dark honestly but cinnamon did runs... you give me two browns you can't distinguish well i'm not looking at them side by side here give me just a sec okay all right i would say i would say cinnamon is maybe the darker of the two but not by a lot but it's also redder than cedar like cedar is browner than it is red yeah so it's a tricky one i think for this next round i'm going to stick to ones that have the same amount of redness and just different <laughs> okay because i maybe goofed that a little bit on that first round i'll be honest <laughs> matt this next round let's see how it goes coffee mocha and wood just like wood straight like up all wood, wood. <laughs> all wood oh boy um <laughs> oh god uh Okay, well, straight up coffee is described as black, so I think coffee's the darkest. And then, God, wood is so not descriptive. What does wood mean? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go wood lightest. Wood mocha coffee. Final answer. Uh, according to the palette that I'm looking at now, coffee is the lightest. Wood is in the middle, and mocha is the darkest. What is that even? All this is made up. None of this matters. I don't have an art degree. <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> All right, Matt, for all the bones, here's our final our final poop swatch round. Chocolate, hickory, and pecan. Oh goodness. Um just I all of these things are things you can eat. I don't know their colors. Um <laughs> uh, You never look at food before you eat it? Well I do, but I don't internalize its hue. The eyes um, eat first, Matt. The eyes eat first. Uh 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 uh, can, what were the options again? I forgot. Chocolate, hickory, and pecan. I go pecan, hickory, chocolate. 
lightest, darkest final answer. Congratulations, Matt. You know your shit. Hey, that's a... Wow, what a great name for this segment. <laughs> Do you know your shit? And folks, I will say, if uh, if your poop comes out any of the colors that we listed above, it's probably fine. The only one you really need to worry about is black. Yeah. Any if other your colors, poop lasts longer than four hours, please call a doctor. Yeah. Unless you just fell asleep, which, like, look, we've been there, you know? <laughs> Whomst among us. Yeah. Uh, let he, without, he, he among us without... <laughs> Sleeping on the toilet, cast the first. Matt, we're going to go to the mid-roll, and uh, then when we get back, we're going to talk about Halloween candy. (laughs) Hello, folks. Welcome to the super spooky Halloween mid-roll. Are you scared yet? Good. Make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of October, which ends today... For those of you who aren't keeping track, today is the last day of the month. For every new rating and review we get today, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of this show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There's literally no other way to turn zero into six, so if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. Matt, do you like hats? I do. Do you like aprons? I, my partner does. Do you like tote bag? I love tote. Good. You can get all that stuff and more from our lovely friends at the Podcavern merch store where you can get our merch. It's nice. It has bear on it. Spooky bear. (laughs) Get merch has bear. Do it. Get merch has bear. Podcavern.com slash merch store. That's not the link. Click the link in the description for it. All right. That's it for the mid-roll here. Don't forget that tomorrow starts Noshvember. Instagram challenge Noshvember. Post a picture of food every day for the month of November or as many days as you see fit for you personally because maybe you're tired and you can't do daily posts. I get it. I'm, I'm not probably because I'm also tired. So do what you can do for Noshvember, but don't forget to tag it and find all the rules on our Instagram page at NoBadFoodPod. All right, now we're getting back to the show. Here's music. What an energy. What an energy. Ooh, Matt, welcome back to the second half of the show. It's time. Hey, it's me, Matt, baby. Oh, what are these characters? It's a spooky vampire and uh, Chris Pratt's Mario. Hey! Oh, the most terrifying gift of all. All right, it's Halloween. You know it. You know it, you love it. It's time to get candy, Matt. We're going to talk about Halloween candy today. Uh, what you got, man? What's your favorite Halloween candy? Let's get right into okay. it. So, I am gonna I'm gonna stamp my flag in the ground of an unpopular opinion. Uh huh. My favorite Halloween candy I get unfettered access to in fact twice a year uh halloween and its cousin candy at easter and that is malted milk balls by brands whopper and or robin's eggs okay all right you know what i respect that i love me a little three pack of whopper balls in my plastic pumpkin big old fan of that yeah that that rules honestly i uh that's not as much of a thing at least when i was growing up we did not get those in our halloween baskets and that's a crying shame because those are really good i would have been so stoked if i had gotten whoppers in my uh 
Halloween. Maltesers is another one. Did you guys have those in the States or is that a Canadian thing? Uh, I think that I have to look real quick, but that sounds familiar enough that I feel like I've seen them. Yeah. Um, I do think it's more of a, oh no, it's it's by Mars, so we have them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like a little ball. Yeah. I Okay, so <laughs> I don't love really like sugary sweet things. I am not <laughs> a big sugary sweet guy sure so i prefer candies that are on the blander side of sweet which is why i like malted milk balls um i also really like candy corn and and it's pumpkin variants i also really dig smarties smarties kind of slap nuts i like those a lot so this is important uh american smarties or canadian smarties there's a difference. Yeah. So what are Matt, Canadian Smarties? So Matt, Smarties candy in the U.S. is uh, the ones that are like a like a powdery candy tab, right? Yep, yep, yep. In Canada, Smarties are like a skinny M&M. Shut up, really? Yeah. And the powdery tab is something we called Rockets here. So strange. Well, I like Rockets then, I guess. You, um, you, don't, like, you don't like a shitty knockoff M&M's? No, I don't even really love M&M's, to be honest with you. You don't like M&M's, but worse? Why not? Um, I'm I'm trying to Google and laugh at things at the same time. What are the little... Sixlets. Uh, Sixlets are my favorite knockoff M&M. Um, Sixlets. Yeah, this, this seems distinctly American. Whoa. There's no way that this is in other countries. Um, oh, this caterpillar rules, though. Yeah, doesn't he? He's real cute. Um, six sixlets are better M and M's. Straight up, they're just better M and M's and rounder M and M's. Looks like yeah, and they come in like the right amount of M and M for one serving. You know, like the thing with M and M's is you either have to eat like one or the whole bag. Yeah, um, sixlets are like a perfect serving size. Huh. Six? No, more than six. Huh. Well, I think right. originally they came in sixes, but we're fat now so sure. we need more this is fascinating because i've seen like i'm looking at a pack of sixlets that's like see-through plastic with six different colored candies in it right and uh, uh that's awesome because like i don't know like I, I like the idea that you can see the exact variety you're gonna get in there right but i've only ever seen that with gumballs i've never seen that as a as an m&m equivalent that's interesting i will say they are all the same flavor there is no variation in flavor to color sure sure yeah, but that's kind of standard with candy a lot of the time. Like, unless you're going in the Sour Patch direction, like, most candies are not yeah. actually going to have that variety, you know? Right, right. How do you feel, Tom, about seasonal variants of candy? Um, like, my good example is Midnight Milky Ways sure. that only come around during Halloween. Well, Midnight Milky Way comes around when you have the right kind of dream, too. Shut up, man. (laughs) That was awful. (laughs) Uh, I'm a big fan of seasonal variants. Um, I love, like, around Easter time, you tend to get, like, uh, like a lot of Easter-themed candies. You'll get everyone does the egg, you know? You'll get, like, a Reese's Pieces egg or, like, a Hershey Everyone does the egg. Everyone does the egg. It's Easter, baby. (laughs) Um, I'm a big fan of that kind of thing. Yeah, all the Halloween ones are a lot of fun. You know, they'll shape it like a bat or a pumpkin or something. I like some of the new, like, Galarian variants as well. uh... Galarian (laughs) variants? (laughs) No! (laughs) No! Uh, no, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan, honestly. I think it, it, I mean, obviously, like, it's just some stupid branding. Like, 90% of the times it doesn't 
change the flavor or texture that much but like i am i if it changes the texture even just by changing the shape but not actually changing anything that can still be exciting you know like like a reese's cup for instance i don't know for sure that they have made reese's cup shaped like bats but that feels like that's something that should exist and if it doesn't uh it's pumpkins around here pumpkins. at least i don't know but let me, let me see if reese's bats exist because that i want that to oh it oh, there's a lot real. of cute ones that people have made. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a real one. So, yeah, there we go. See, like, that I would eat. That I would be like, yeah, okay. It's like Reese's, but, like, a slightly more fun shape. Like, cool, cool, give it to me. It's not like a... It doesn't change anything on the, like... The soul of the candy doesn't change, but the bite does, you know? Yeah. And I like that. I think that that's that's still a change that's, like, welcome for me. So I'm glad that you brought up this question of, like, do seasonal variants change the candy? Because my partner is a firm believer that the seasonal variants are always better mm. because they are fresher. Like, if you get a Reese's cup from Walmart, you have no idea how long that Reese's cup has been in back stock unless you check the date. But if you get a Reese's pumpkin, you know that it was produced for that season. Um, to be honest, I kind of think that's a load of malarkey, but she's really about it. My my gut reaction to that is that, like, that makes sense in theory until you think about how, like, some of those candies have, like, multiple years of shelf stability, right? So, like, sure, the Reese's pumpkin was made for a Halloween season, but was it 2022 or was it 2018? Like, you know, (laughs) valid point. Absolutely valid point. Like freshness is only so much a thing with actual fresh products. Like, I'm not sure that it really makes a difference for those. Like once they're past their, you know, best before date, they're not going to be fresh anymore. But like, I don't know. I'm not convinced that they couldn't just put out last year's stock for some of those things. Yeah. I mean, I, I have another buddy unrelated who uh, will order candy directly from like, you know, Hershey or Mars or whoever. Um, and will only eat certain candies if he has ordered them you know, like if they if he has ordered them and they are close enough to the production date, because he's like, you know, after such and such date, it gets bad. And and again, to me, that sounds like malarkey. But not three days ago, I took a can of Diet Coke out of my fridge, cracked it open, took one drink, looked at Maddie and said, I bet this goes bad by the end of the week, flipped the can over and we were three days away from the expiration date. So I... As much as I want to be like, no, chocolate's chocolate no matter when you chocolate, I I am also trash. Look, I get it. Like, it, it, that's the thing with these expiration dates, right? Is like, there is a certain element of truth to, like, the fresher something is the better. But I think probably it's like, you grab it right off the conveyor belt, it's dope. You get it within three, four days of coming off the conveyor belt, it's still pretty good. Then from the three, four day period to like five six months before the expiration date it is exactly the same thing in that package yep totally fine and then like the closer you get to the expiration date toward that end period there the worse it gets but like still edible like most things you can take out of the package like a week after they expire and they're still fine because like expiration dates are 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 careful 
you know they're cautious they are they are put in there to save the company's ass they're not put in there to actually keep you safe yeah exactly i feel like candy candy shelf life is similar to the half-life of radioactive things where like for a long time it can hurt you and in candy world for a long time it can be good and then one day it passes a point where it's just it's nothing anymore and it's yeah. just done yeah like ri- like imagine dragons the band that wrote radioactive <laughs> sure like imagine dragons i guess okay okay so we got maltesers we got seasonal candies you said you like candy corn i do i love candy corn i don't dislike it but like where does the love come from what's the what is it about it that you love because like i i will happily munch on it but i don't go out of my way for it you know yeah um two things i think thing one is candy corn is the perfect amount of sweet for me okay like it is it is kind of bland but still kind of sugary and just has like a very mellow sweet flavor um the other thing is like i'm a big texture guy and i just really like the texture of candy corn like it has a very neutral i don't want to say pleasing because that certainly isn't it but like it's just wax you know yeah it just kind of goes down easy yeah it's low effort to chew It, it doesn't like freak out your mouth at all it doesn't make me feel junky. Mm-hmm. Like part of okay, so let's unpack some childhood trauma here. Woo! Part of the reason that I don't like Halloween or like I don't like really sweet candy. I love Halloween. Why I don't like <laughs> super sweet candy is I had a neighbor who had a like chocolate machine, easy bake, like melt chocolate in the top and it'll spit it into a mold for you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly just a rebranded microwave, but that's neither here nor there. And one year he had like a relative or something who was from Germany and came to the States or sent presents from Germany or they visited. And I don't remember. He came home with a bunch of German chocolate mm-hmm. and we used that chocolate machine and we melted all those German chocolate bars into lovable bite-sized snacks that I ate my weight in and then I was so violently ill and I felt terrible and (laughs) now if I eat things that are too sweet or often things that have German chocolate in the name I get a little barfy okay so yeah yeah I mean fair enough you know like when we say that there's no such thing as bad food here on the show we always have the caveat that the only food that's bad is food that's like making you feel bad right like, I don't believe in this idea that there's food that's bad for you. I think any food can be good or bad for you, depending on the moment when you're eating it and depending on how much you eat of it. And, like, I think oftentimes when we have a negative reaction to a food, uh, unless we're allergic, obviously, but, like, oftentimes when we have a food that we, like, give a negative association to, it's because we ate too much of it or we ate some of it that had spoiled, right? Because, like, yeah, a, a, a can of Pepsi that's three years past its expiry date, that's bad food now. Like, that's... That's going to be flat, probably gross. Like, you know, it's probably not going to be poisonous because, you know, it's canned. But, like, it might be. You never know. And, and yeah. you know, how old were you when that happened? You were, what, probably, like, 60, 70 pounds max? But eating 60, 70 pounds of German chocolate <laughs> at any age in one sitting is probably going to destroy your body, right? It'll kill a man. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Only a small child can withstand that. And even the small child <laughs> will have a bad time. So I get it, you know? And, and the thing with, like, 
overdoing it on something is that it can then put you off of something for for a long time afterward. Like I am currently in the process of trying to cut back on caffeine because uh, one of the things that makes my anxiety worse is when I've had too much caffeine <laughs> and it like you know stops being something that is like pleasant and wakes me up and at some point clicks over into being something that like overstimulates me and makes me like short fused and and really like over attentive and like upset um and so i've cut back from five cups a day plus to i have had one cup today and yesterday like each and feel horrible but also better (laughs) yeah yeah and like i once had you know a summer where i basically just only ate like meat and and fat for like an entire summer because we were in Hungary and that's what you do. Like you just, you put duck fat on everything and you eat meat for most of your meals. And it was great. But I got back from that summer and decided to be vegetarian for a month. Cause I was like, I can't, I can't, ugh, too much, you know, body just needs less meat. That's it. And and it's important to listen to your body in those moments. And if what your body is telling you is that you need candy corn because it's, you know, a safe candy, that's valid. That's great. You know, yeah, it, it, it's good. And it means, uh, the hyper sweet stuff can be saved for the rest of us. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't have any like, oh, that candy's gross. You know, like I don't have any candy that I, I just downright hate. But sure. there are certainly things that, you know, if it's the end of the night and we're dumping our buckets out and we're doing trades, I've I've got my first line draft picks that I will send out there to trade early because I know that, like, I hate Hershey bars Lots of people love Hershey bars, okay. and and that'll go a long way, getting you fat stacks of malted milk balls. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, Hershey bars are interesting because they're just kind of sweet, but there's not really much substance to them. You know, they're perfect for like s'mores. You want to melt one of those between a graham cracker? Hell yeah! But like, yeah, yeah. I mean, fine. I honestly like even when it comes to s'mores, I don't love. I just don't love straight up milk chocolate. It sure. reminds me of the incident. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> well, and this was what probably this was probably the '90s still, right? So, like, maybe early 2000s. German chocolate yeah. back then was on a whole other level, too, right? Like, let's be yeah. real. <laughs> it super was. Um, it was. Yeah, it, it really was. This was probably. Oh, gosh. Let's see. I moved to that neighborhood in '99. Okay. So this was probably like 0506 would be okay, my okay. guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I also feel like that, like we're the same age. 0506, you're like, we were like 12, right? Like you're, you're, yeah. you're at that stage where your body is about to start metabolizing things really differently, but it's not yet. And that's a volatile time for tummy stuff. Boy, isn't it? And a, and a time that like, this has unlocked, uh, I have a real thing that I want to say here. This is the <laughs> most salient point that I've made today. I think that in some ways we as a society set kids up to fail on Halloween. And I'll tell you why, (laughs) (laughs) because like you said, it's a really volatile time for tummy stuff. And it is also a time where like you as a being have no concept of what is happening to your body. Right. You know, like be it, puberty be it growth be it lack of growth be it like you're just you're man i think my joints started to hurt as soon as i hit double digits and like 
at 12, 13, you just don't understand. So it's so easy to like hit the ground running trick or treat for two hours and then come home and slam calories. Like it's 1999. Um, I don't, nothing happened in 1999. That was caloric. It was just the joke, but you know, you can come home and go candy crazy and you're going to get sick. And like, we don't tell kids that Yeah, we don't warn kids. Like you stand <laughs> at the precipice of the nexus event of your belly and it's not worth taking the leap, I promise. <laughs> at worst, you're going to get a stu- – or at best, you'll get a stomach ache. At worst, you'll get diabetes, kid. Mm-hmm. Like, just mm-hmm. – mm-mm. Yeah. We set kids up to fail. We do. Well, and I think we, we also set kids up to fail with Halloween in another way where we, like – I heard somewhere once, and I don't know how truthful this is. Like, this may be made-up history, but, like, I'm willing to believe it, that Halloween, the trick-or-treating as an idea originated with, like – poor kids going to get some like snacks and stuff from like wealthier people and like there being a designated time for that of like okay this night everybody stock up have some extra pastries and shit lying around because the neighborhood poor kids are going to come by and like this is a nice little charity we're going to do for them right Uh, I again I don't know how real this is but I like to believe it because it it sounds nice you know Um, but also I'm skeptical of the rich ever doing anything nice but if that's true right if that is the origin of Halloween we've certainly strayed far enough from it now to where like everyone the rich included get a lot of candy the rich actually get more candy than the poor because their parents drive them block to block so they can you know do more they will go to different neighborhoods because they know where the best candy is you know uh than the poor neighborhood kids who will walk you know two three blocks around their their home area and then go home because it's cold outside and like i think we're failing kids in that way too right where we've created this idea that like halloween is a time where you can go and like get awesome treats with your friends and it's it's going to be really fun and great and the reality of it is that most of the time it kind of sucks most of the time the weather is bad because <laughs> it's the yep. end of october uh most of the time it's cold and it's it's gonna be crowded and the timing of it is weird because some people will go like hours before other people so you might just not get anything depending on the houses you go to not everyone does it anymore so like when we trick-or-treated last year like half the houses on our block were not giving out candy so our kids got like small buckets full which was fine because you know it prevented them eating to excess but like i want to eat some of their candy too right like (laughs) I'm yeah, 29. Exactly. I want to eat to excess. My kids can have like a couple things each. I want to fucking tear through their buckets and I don't get to There's anymore. There's a finder fee. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a processing, you know, shipping and handling. Because I <laughs> ship the child off to school the next day and eat all their candy. I don't know. I, I feel like we... Halloween doesn't work anymore the way that it did, I think, when we were kids. And I'm not yeah. sure when that changed or why that changed, but it, it feels different now in a way that's less fun it certainly does feel different i mean i think a lot of that well okay so let me if you don't mind tom i'm gonna pitch another podcast on your podcast absolutely Um, always so there's this podcast that i have absolutely fallen in love with it's called american hysteria and uh it explores moral panics that have stricken our country um my country not your country but my country your country Uh, over the years and uh they have done a couple of series about satanic panics and halloween candy they actually just did one about um rainbow fentanyl and Mm -hmm. and the they're putting drugs in your kids halloween candy Mm -hmm. which again 
I will remind everyone, no one is giving free drugs to your kids. Yeah. No one. No one is giving free drugs to your kids in Halloween candy. Yeah. It's not happening. The only people who would give free drugs to your kids are people who already know your kids. Because if you're giving free drugs to someone, it's so that they will then buy drugs from you later. Free drugs won't be that kind of issue. Not for trick-or-treating. Right. Yeah. So I bring up American Hysteria because they recently talked a little bit about like the satanic panic of the early 2000s, some of the 2000s era, you know, razor blades and apples kind of thing. Sure, and yeah. that all happened at the birth of the internet when things like that could spread yeah. rapidly. And I think that that spread at the dawning of the digital age caused a lot of shift in the mentality on trick-or-treating, you sure. know, like, it starts earlier. It's not always on Halloween. There's like always this huge cop presence on mischief night the night before. Like there isn't this kind of ruckus lawlessness about Halloween that I think a lot of Halloween content that you and I's generation of folks grew up on and and look back at with nostalgia right because like mm -hmm. in the 2000s disney channel was still putting out movies where kids just like all right i'm going out trick-or-treating i'll see you tomorrow you know yeah. Yeah, it didn't happen <laughs> when we were kids yeah and I, I think that the 2000s dawning of the digital age combined with some satanic panic and and the easy way to spread disinformation through the internet really did a lot to kill Halloween as we remember it. Yeah. 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 Online video killed the trick-or-treat star, I think. Nailed it. I yeah. love it. I yeah. will say, okay, so like, I think I've talked about religious trauma on this show before. Haven't it's, we all? <laughs> it comes up often. There is only a handful of things that my childhood church did that I can look back on and honestly say objectively that was great and I'm glad that it happened and one of those things was somewhere around those years 2007 is is the first one my church started hosting a trunk or treat sure where on a Sunday afternoon everybody in the church would decorate their trunks and you know so like I went to a church that wasn't like Halloween is for the devil. I know those exist, but um, my church wasn't like that. Um, but, you know, everybody decorated their trunks and it was in the church parking lot. It was on a Sunday afternoon. So, like, if the weather was bad, you could go inside. Right. It, it was in a parking lot. You didn't have to worry about, like, walking on the street or anything like that. It was the whole church community. So you had, like, 40 stops to go to you didn't have to go to the church to bring your kid and um it actually i talked about haunted houses at the top of the show 2007 the first year we did trunk or treat my youth group built a little haunted house walkthrough in the basement of the church oh nice and that was how i got my start in the haunted house industry Amazing. so like yeah i mean there are certainly new school Halloween things that I'm really into. Like, I think trunk or treat is always really cool. Mm -hmm. I think neighborhood trick or treats where they're like, hey, November 7th, you know, this whole neighborhood, we're all doing it. Everybody right. come over. 
like that that's all well and good but the the nostalgic memories of going out on the 30th and and causing mischief and then putting on a costume at dusk on the 31st and disappearing into the night like that shit's gone man yeah yeah well that's it i i think like the the trunk or treating thing is interesting to me because it it speaks to i think it speaks to the intentional what is this the intentionality of halloween events right where the best ones are the ones that are thoughtful and well thought out and like intentional right where it's the community saying hey we're gonna do a thing let's do a thing and like a a thing that will just bring joy to the kids here because you can't i think as we as a society uh become in which we live yeah you know we live in a society and i think that the, the the way that we are now is more individual, right? It's less community-minded. It's less collective-based. And, like, you don't know all your neighbors, right? When we were kids, the TV shows were still telling us that we knew all our neighbors, which I think was already mm-hmm. not true. But, like, I guess depending on where you lived, you might knew, have known all your neighbors or at least your parents, like, knew who your neighbors were if they didn't know all their names and, like, actually know them, right? Like, But, like, even thinking about it for me, like, I am someone who... Like, I do say hi to my neighbors when I see them around, right? I don't know half my neighbors' names. Like, I couldn't tell you anything about them except that I know they live on my block, right? Uh, We're friends with a few of our neighbors, which is really nice. But, like, that is not the norm, right? Like, that's not how it always is for people these days. And, like, I think because of that, we've kind of lost the old-school Halloween trick-or-treating and like the the Halloween events that are going to be most memorable for kids are not going to be the neighborhood trick or treating. They're going to be the school Christmas or pfft, the school Christmas party is going to be the best Halloween event. Yeah, it's going to be the school Halloween party. It's going to be you know their friends' Halloween party that they go to in high school when they're like too cool to trick or treat now, but they still want to do something and dress up. It's it's going to be you know <laughs> yeah, it might be the the church trunk or treat or like the you know insert community organization here candy event like those are the things (laughs) the secular secular organization candy event my favorite (laughs) my favorite holiday um yeah i i totally agree you know and like we could really date ourselves i don't know about you but growing up i had my neighbor's phone numbers memorized Like, I could call my neighbor's house phones to see if they were home and wanted to come outside and play. Right. And, like, what a bonkers thing that is to say in 2022. Yeah. (laughs) So, I I really, I yearn for the days of classic Halloween, of course. Sure. My favorite part about trick-or-treating as a kid was that uh, the neighborhood over from me, so I lived lived in one neighborhood that was, like, like, a big old cul-de-sac neighborhood. And there were two other neighborhoods right beside mine. Right. So you kind of drove down this undeveloped countryside road, and then, bam, there were three developments, one after another after another. And So we would start in my neighborhood, and if we hustled, we could get through the other two neighborhoods. Sure, yeah. There was a guy in the neighborhood over from me who was a delivery guy for Coca-Cola. and Or actually, it was Pepsi. It was a delivery guy for Pepsi. And so every year... He gave out free cans of Pepsi, and that oh, yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that's and I great. loved that. Um, but like, man, if I was a parent, which I'm not, and you are, but I'm not, and and I had a kid who was approximately my age in 2006, I would not be like, 
go talk to the nice man in the next neighborhood over. He has soda. Right. You know, like that's not, you can't <laughs> tell kids to do that anymore. No, no, you can't. No, I mean, that's it, right? Like even, even thinking about it, like, you know, the neighborhood I live in now where I have lived most of my life, like done all of my trick-or-treating in this neighborhood, you know, like when I was a kid, it was a poorer neighborhood, middle class at, at most. Now it's gotten more expensive and we're like the poorest people who live here. And like when I was, but it's like sandwiched between like three, like relatively wealthy neighborhoods, right? Where it's like, yeah, yeah. Literally like you cross the street and like from where I am now, you cross the street twice, you know, like I can see the border uh, into the rich neighborhood uh, and sure, the street yeah, signs the, change, you the know, proverbial uh, train tracks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's it. And as a kid, I grew up on, uh, I grew up like adjacent to the actual train tracks that divide this part of the neighborhood yep. from the like actually poor part of the neighborhood um, yep. on the other side of the tracks. But like where I am, you can literally like, I can walk 30 seconds and the like street names go from a white piece of metal to a blue piece of metal. And it's like, Oh, we're in the rich oh, town, boy. Now, you know? And like, yeah. and, and it's true. Like you go far enough East or far enough West and you end up in like wealthier neighborhoods as well. And like, definitely as a kid, we would go like, okay, like let's like trick or treat like a few blocks around our area. And then if we're lucky, maybe we like cross the street, we cross that boundary road and we go into the rich neighborhood. But the the tricky thing is that the rich neighborhood was like a Jewish neighborhood, so they like wouldn't always do Halloween. Like they didn't, it's just not a big thing in Judaism. Like you got Purim, you look forward to Purim instead. Fuck Halloween, because uh, Purim's high no risk, fun. high reward. So it's like you might go to the rich neighborhood and not find any candy because they're busy. You know, it's like, yeah, oh, well, sure, fine, all right. So like I don't know, but but like with my kids, like I don't know, we go like two three blocks and then we go home. And I remember as a kid, we would go all night. Like we would, like the whole neighborhood. Like I would walk, I had friends who lived like 10 blocks over. We would go up and down every street toward their place and then loop back, you know? Like it was it was a whole ordeal. Yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, like I remember trick-or-treating in the dark. Sure. And I also remember going home one Halloween when I was in college and my parents being like, we have to get ready for trick-or-treating. And me being like, it's 6 p.m. The sun is out. You know, like it's... And sure, there's some safety things there. And I, I don't need to unpack that. But like the whole thought process behind trick-or-treating has changed dramatically. Yeah. So that's candy, right? Yeah, well, I was going to say, the good news is at least you still got candy. <laughs> at least you still got candy. We still got candy, and tomorrow, the day this episode comes out, it's the best candy day of the year. It's November 1st. That's right. The best day to do your Halloween shopping. That's right, folks. Remember to go out tomorrow and buy all the candy, especially if you live close enough to a store where you can shoplift it. Yeah. Steal from Walmart. Steal from Walmart. You got a Walmart in Canada? We sure do. Steal from Walmart. Steal from Walmart. always steal from Walmart. Listen, I'm not advocating stealing from mom and pop shops, but I am advocating stealing from Walmart and Shoppers Drug Mart, you know? Steal from corporations. Mm-hmm. Everybody. If they have a self-checkout, they have enough money to afford losing some merch to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, think about it, right? If if you steal, what's minimum wage now? $15 an hour? Here, at least? <laughs> I don't know what it, it is where you are. There. If, if here, you, it's seven twenty-five. Jesus. Well, that's like $13 here, to be fair. Uh <laughs> If I steal $15 worth of stuff from the pharmacy every hour, they're still saving money. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't have to pay someone to bag it. 
Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So uh, not not that I'm condoning theft, obviously, certainly. Crime is crime, right? But uh, for the record, we're not condoning uh, theft. Yeah. Allegedly. FBI. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I promise I'm not going to take anything. Uh, but, you know, do what you got to do, folks. Enjoy your candy. How's that for Live a Live and let candy. Live and let candy. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining me on this Halloween special episode of No Bad Food. Spooky, spooky, scary time. Do you want to give the folks your plug? Yeah, happily. Debate this. I am on a podcast <laughs> on Debate This. Um, I'm sorry. You, you said Debate This, and then the call froze for a second, and I thought you were just done. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's very good. No, Okay, so I'm on a podcast called Debate This. You can find us wherever podcasts are potted. Uh, and and it's just Debate This. There's an exclamation point at the end if you need it. Also, you can find us on social media, Debate This Cast. Um, I don't know. I'm on this show all the time. If you don't know who I am, go back to the last time I was on this show. Skip to the last minute and a half. Yeah, I mean, that's it, folks. Matt's the closest thing we have to a third co-host. So, like, you know him. You love him. He's here. We love and him. I love it here. All right. Well, on that note, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much for listening to the show, folks. Do you want to be part of the conversation? You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at No Bad Food Pod. And individually, I'm at Tom Zalat and I and Matt, you're at MC underscore DJ underscore MC. Nailed it. Hell yeah. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, you can go to patreon.com slash no bad food pod to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll be joining the ranks of folks like Gab Thomas, and Erica Curlea, Andrew Chantel, David Mallory, and Sarah. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if that's exciting for you, get your ass over to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it so. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all, all sorts of get a, get a bunch of merch from Podcavern. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Trick or Treat Ingles, and our cover art is by David. Get it out of my trunk flam you can find links for both of them in the description of this episode last but certainly not least the show was produced and edited by me tom zalatni as part of the pod cavern network you can dive deep into the pod cavern dual audio spelunkin and find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com tomorrow's november don't forget steal candy thanks matt you're welcome you understand just takes a little time, it takes a little time, it takes a little time with me, I hope you don't mind, we'll take it slow this time. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Tom. I'm Sam. And I'm Laura. And we are... Disney Dummies! Look, we know there are Disney super fans out there, but even the superest of fans could still be Disney dummies. That's why the three of us are on a quest to watch every single animated theatrical release in chronological order. From Snow White all the way to whatever's out right now. We dive into each movie in detail, talking about fun facts, talking about the animation, hit you with some hot takes, our favorite reviews on the internet. We even talk about who fucks. I still can't believe that's an actual segment. 
So join us every second Wednesday for another episode of Disney Dummies and Pixar Pals when we finally catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Brought to you by the fairy tale whimsical depths of the Podcavern. <laughs>